swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and store some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of old scrolls simon's quest the drone earl rock shoes to air clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. This is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also find us on your podcast provider, whoever that may be. You can look for Control Issues, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars, let us know you're out there. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos from time to time for your view and pleasure and hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How are you living? Living well, living good. Um, uh, yeah, I have some stuff to say when we get into what you've been playing, but uh, yes, but on a personal level, yeah, just uh, enjoying, enjoying what I can right now. Um, just uh, celebrated my niece's birthday. Got some barbecue. Big Stella. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This is on Marissa's side. Another niece. This is this is Big Pagey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got know another we, niece. Oh yeah. no, not another niece. I, I inherited a niece, um, and so yeah, things have been good. Just taking it easy. How about yourself, Adobe? Oh man, just working. You know, by the time it was Friday, it felt like it was Monday the day previous. And yeah, summer Fridays are back at work, so I get a half a day to dick around and do nothing or better myself in some way, play play some more games. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, following the news, following the guidelines, staying yeah. safe. <laughs> just trying to just trying to get back to the day when I can go back to work <laughs> instead of every day being work at home. Like doing your best to avoid contributing to the spike while people are just out here doing whatever the fuck they want to do. <laughs> yep. And that is life right now. <laughs> but, it's like, it's yeah, like yeah. this is, I imagine this is what it feels like for people who don't think their vote counts. Like, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm just one man. And it's so many people out there fucking it up for everybody. <laughs> it, it just not giving a fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So um, if I, if it's gonna get <laughs> fucked up for me, why not just fuck it up for myself? <laughs> yeah. But no, that would be selfish, and we need to be in this together. We need to work hard to get this thing taken care of. Yeah. But with that, a dub, what have you been playing? Well, much like last week, I have been playing the hell out of The Last of Us Two, a gaming experience that grows increasingly more challenging, enjoyable, and impressive as time goes on. I'm getting close to the halfway mark of the game. I'm at about 15, 16 hours of playtime in there. I've seen quite a bit. I've done even more. I'm getting to the point where the combat is becoming second nature, so I'm enjoying longer stretches of playtime without dying. 
don't get me wrong, when I run into a problem or a situation I'm not quite ready for, there's quite a bit of dying. It is gruesome. It is visceral. Let's just say that there's one particular enemy in the game that has a vicious ground and pound game. So <laughs> you'll see that sometime when you really get into it. But, you know, I, I got my bow and arrow. And, you know, at some point, once I got it, it was one thing trying to use it. Like they put you through a tutorial. You kind of get it. There's, there's arrow drop. So you have to account for that. But as just the base bow and arrow, I wasn't really into it. It was just like, hey, maybe, maybe further down the line or if I'm at medium range and I want to take out dogs quietly, perhaps that'll work. But other than that, I didn't think I was going to be using much of the bow and arrow. However, I went to the upgrade bench. The bow and arrow has a range finder. And what that range finder does is when you draw an arrow back while aiming at an enemy, it puts a dot on where the drop is going to be. So now I went from not even thinking about trying to use the bow and arrow to headshots for days. It's unbelievable. And I'm glad that was the first upgrade I got for that. You know, just upgrading the rest of my weapons. Uh, just getting getting slicker with it, man. It, clickers are nothing. It's kind of like... It's kind of like in the Walking Dead television show, like in the first couple seasons, the walkers were a really big deal. But then once you get to like season seven, eight, the later seasons, it's just business as usual. And I've reached that business as usual point with The Last of Us 2 when it comes to the clickers. Uh, with the first type of human enemies, at first they were really getting in me, especially once the dogs came into the picture. But eventually, I got the hang of that. And then now the game, where I am, has introduced another set of humans that have different tactics, different weaponry. So if you guys watched the, the first gameplay trailer for the game, or even a couple of the cinematic trailers, you'd have known that there's a faction in this game or a group of people that communicate by whistling. And those are the people that I ran into. So it's getting tough. I'm getting introduced to even more new mechanics, pulling arrows out of my shoulder and all kinds of stuff. I'm using I'm using all my craftables. I'm upgrading my melee weapons. And overall, I'm just having a blast with this outstanding game with this gruesome, glorious combat. I'm getting better at it. I'm playing on hard. So the challenge is there, but my skills are rising to the test. All in all, it's more than anything I could have ever asked for out of a sequel. Like, this is definitely up there with Red Dead 2 in that regard where it just kind of knocks your socks off with how much it's gone above and beyond what was necessary to make a, a worthy sequel to its source material. So I'm very excited about that. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, um, by the way tease more to hear from the last of us too um yeah so right. yeah so with me uh i've been playing octopath traveler i actually so coming into this episode i assumed that i would just by the rate that i was playing the game the way i was um completing storylines i thought i'd be done with the game but so here's what happened. I played through uh, earlier this week. I had just found myself a lot of free time during the day during work. So I put a lot of work into Octopath Traveler. And I ended up 
playing through uh, all the characters' storylines, so finishing the final chapters for all, the, all eight characters. And um, at that point, uh, on my way to playing the final character storyline, um, I came across, like, I just walked off the beaten path. I just saw, like, a hidden uh, trail. I followed that trail, and it ended up coming across a shrine. Um, so now, this is kind of like in-game content, so if for some reason you plan on playing this and you don't want to know anything about the game, uh, just skip ahead, like, about 10 minutes. But yeah, so I end up finding the shrine, and what, what you learn early on in the game is that there are these shrines, and they give you jobs. And um, basically, those jobs are the skill set for each of the characters. And so say you find the mage's shrine, you can take your warrior, give them the mage's job, so then that they'll have a combination of their warrior skills and now the mage's skills on top of that. Uh, which just opens up like the, um, the way you can utilize each of the characters. And so I'd found the majority of the shrines, and so I find this shrine that's near like one of the... Uh, the um, one of the, the at least one of the characters final resting places and or at least chapters and when i go into the shrine i first i notice that i have an option for combat as i'm walking in the shrines like the random attacks which is never the case with the earlier shrines and it had a level requirement uh which i believe was level 50 so it's like interesting um usually i just walk in and i just get the job and i get the fuck out but there's mm -hmm. actual enemies to fight and then when I get to the uh, shrine, it's the shrine of the rune blade. Um, it gives me an option to retreat or to approach the shrine. And there's also a save point right before this, which you, in any type of video game, you know that this is all leading to a, a battle. And so I end up um, taking on the fight and I assume, okay, so I'm playing it and I, I'm one, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to get like this awesome weapon, but I know it's going to be a tough fight. I lose that first fight. So then I am like, all right, that was a tough fight. I get it. Level 50 shrine. So let me just change up um, like the builds of my characters just a little bit and tweak this and then it'll be fine. Go in a second time. Lose that fight. All right. I realized that there is just one other thing I needed to tweak with this character. I made my mage. Um, I combined him with a hunter so that he had like some other abilities. And plus I needed uh, a certain weapon in order to, to take advantage of the, uh, the rune blades uh, vulnerability. So when I come back, I have the perfect team set up, lose a third time. So now it's all about execution. So I go in the fourth time, switch it up a little bit. Um, and I finally pull out the fight. It's, Fuck, it's a tough fight like it was still not a guarantee that i would win every time but i just happened to execute it perfectly with a perfectly built team for that fight in that scenario Damn. i walk away i now have the rune blade ability so i give it to the guy that i've been saying like from week to week that is just op he's level 60 while all my other characters are level 50 at this point um so i give him the rune blade uh job title i go into the final chapter of the character that i'd saved for last and then i just like mop up that boss mop up that entire uh chapter and like like it was nothing and so this is the thing that i always tell myself to do after i beat a game but i tend to not do um especially when it comes to these style these big um rpgs especially jrpgs and that is go on the wiki and just like kind of read about the game and read about all the stuff that i've missed in it now that i've beaten the game so i go in there and i'm looking up all the other jobs that like i'm i might have not found now that i've learned that there are higher level jobs that um that they don't lay out for you in the tutorial um and i see at the bottom it's like um, hot topics when it comes to octopath traveler and one is galdara 
keep in mind these are all spoilers. And so I click on Galdara because what I learned from playing uh, two other characters' storylines is that there are these 12, like part of the lore of that world is that there are these 12 gods and one of the gods basically, he's the god of life and death. He ends up um, trying to corrupt things. And so the 11 other gods lock that 12th god away because he's basically an evil god. And as I'm playing through the storylines of these two characters, I learned that their goal is to bring Galdara back. Obviously, I stopped bo- um, both of the enemies in the, the individual storylines. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is just part of the world. Uh, this is part of like, the lore. But as I'm reading up on Galdara, I see just a highlight at the top where it says, the true final boss of the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was getting ready to quit this game, like very much like when I played, I think it was like Final Fantasy five or, or six the first time and the world got destroyed and i thought for some reason the game was over um i'm ready to quit this game because there's no um objectives or anything laid out for me to do and so i read up the the sequence to get to galdara the true final boss and it's basically you have to play through all of the characters uh chapters so each character has four chapters play through all those chapters and then after that you have to actually complete a specific uh side quest and they like there's it, there's like three side quests that um all end up connecting and I guess if you play through that, then you get to go and face Galdara. Um, so very much like a nod to uh, was it Chrono Trigger in that like you can beat the game or you can beat the game. <laughs> are you finished or are you done? Yeah. And so I, I at this point, I'm making my way towards Galdara. So I unfortunately haven't beaten Octopath. I thought I'd walk in just being able to just like uh, just give throw heap uh, throw like glowing praise upon this game but unfortunately i'm still playing it and just learning more about the game which is actually just more power to the game that there's just there's so much that's not laid out for you that you have to actually go off and explore and learn about that they hid within the game so yeah octopath traveler is a game that continues to grow as i'm playing through it as i i assume that I had seen almost everything, but that is clearly not the case. So yeah, Octopath Traveler still killing it. But with all that, a dub. Let's get into the topic of the week. Top topic of the week, and let's so, welcome back all the people who avoided the spoilers. Yes. Um, so what you got from The Last of Us Two? Well, it's been about a week. Everything was said. Tempers have flared. Sides competed. The battlefield and the dust itself have simmered. And now we get some actual tangible information concerning exactly how The Last of Us 2 was received, not just by critics, but by consumers. Uh, recently, it was revealed that The Last of Us 2 has reached a very impressive milestone, namely being that it has officially sold over 4 million copies in the first three days of being on the market. This alone makes it the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive ever. Ever, ever? Forever, ever. Well, not ever. forever, but ever. Yeah, because you know, you know you got Ghost of Tsushima coming right around the corner. I don't think that's going to do it. <laughs> not enough controversy. Not enough woke. Not enough woke to go broke. But yeah, in three days, The Last of Us 2 has sold over 4 million copies. That puts it up ahead of the last record holder, which was Marvel's Spider-Man. And as we all know, Marvel's Spider-Man, it's 
over what 10 million copies sold lifetime by now and it's also the highest selling superhero video game ever made the last of us 2 has dwarfed those stats so congratulations to naughty dog congratulations to people who find themselves enjoying the last of us 2 so you know keep playing keep enjoying hopefully we get some news on whether or not we'll be getting a standalone multiplayer mode that's still up in the air yeah, the only thing I saw this week is that uh, I believe Neil Druckmann confirmed that there are no plans for any DLC for this game. Um, we'll see what else, what other plans they have if they plan to support it in any other type of ways. I just considering how dense and just masterful The Last of Us Two is executed, both technically and creatively. There's no need for anything else to be added. Honestly, it was, it's something that. Like, I haven't reached the particular parts that qualify this statement, but I've seen a lot of people talking about what happens in the game. Excuse me, getting a little little choked up over here. But I've seen a lot of people talking about the game, and what I've noticed is that if you think back to when people were finishing The Last of Us, when it won Game of the Year awards and all that, a lot of the talk was centered around how The Last of Us was so well done and the ending was so perfect that some people didn't want a sequel at all. And that was one of the big drivers of the conversation. However, if when it finally got to the point of, well, in the event that they do make a sequel, what would you want from that game? The camp was somewhat split between people who wanted to see the further adventures of Joel and Ellie, as well as people who wanted to see the last of us from the perspective of an entirely different group of people. So with the last of us part two, thinking in retrospect to the situation, naughty dog has found a means to give players everything they've asked for. (laughs) And people still found something to be upset about. So I won't really spoil why that is because one, I haven't gotten that far, but two, you know, being sensitive to my partner in crime, the AMC, I just find it very interesting because it reminds me also of how Rockstar pulled off Red Dead Redemption 2 and coming up to the release of that game where people were discussing the possibility of a remaster of the original game being included because the file size was 100 gigs. People thought it was another game. It turned out that wasn't the case, but it kind of was because when you're playing Red Dead 2, what you don't realize until the very end is that Rockstar also included the game map from the original game, which in effect would make Red Dead Redemption 2 somewhat of a remaster of Red Dead Redemption 1. So it's pretty incredible. I like that developers are not only subverting expectations with the ways that they write their stories or put their games together, but also in how they take the things that the consumers say and figure out some means to materialize that in their own unique ways. Yes. Um, to put the numbers also into perspective, um, I believe, so God of War, they sold 3.1 million and yeah, Spider-Man sold 3.3 million. So yeah, almost a million more than both games. And they were, they are games that are definitely, um, when you note the must plays for the PS4 
God of War, Spider-Man right near the top, and now Last of Us 2 is sitting right up there with those two games. I mean, could you imagine, like, imagine you didn't have a PS4 this whole time, and somebody just drops one on your doorstep. It's got The Last of Us 2, God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Bloodborne. How is your day? Yeah, I would say you're set. You're set for at least like the next couple of years and you've played like the definitive games of a generation. <laughs> and then there are people out there who will tell you that Bloodborne was the only good game on that list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of those people. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so some people, a lot of people, are particularly upset about the last of us too they don't want to hear the good news about the sales they're trying to minimize they're trying to deflect they're projecting but it all falls back on them when you point the finger at one person you got three fingers pointing back at you it's troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week So we didn't do The Last of Us 2 Trolls last week because being such a divisive and hotly discussed title, we figured it would be a little more prudent to give it some breathing room, let your boy A-Dub get a little further through the tail before taking any sides, calling it like it is. So this week, we're hitting these Last of Us 2 Trolls. First troll says... This game sucks fat diapers. Who the fuck asked for a second game anyway? The first game was a masterpiece and the ending was great. There was no need to continue it. Uh, One thing, there's no need to continue anything. (laughs) Even if something did set up for a sequel, there's no need to continue it. You just let that be to the person's imagination. However, they chose to continue it and they continued it in amazing fashion it's a title that others should aspire to emulate from a gameplay perspective also to just the gritty realism and powerful portrayal of characters and situations the human condition the ambiguity of good versus evil of violence and forgiveness revenge there's so many themes i could go on there's going to be classes about this game one day you're going to enroll, and then you're going to drop it out of protest. Next troll says, playing this game like my face is being thrown full of shit by Neil Druckmann, who's attempting to make me eat all of it and say, wow, this is delicious. Nobody told you to buy the game. Nobody's telling you to keep playing the game. You're doing it to yourself. You're throwing your own shit in your own face and telling yourself it's delicious. 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 Uh, Next show says, absolutely disgusting. What were these idiots even thinking? So sad Sony doesn't offer refunds for this. Uh, Usually when people are this upset about something, you kind of see it coming and you don't, I don't know, spend money on it. (laughs) So it's interesting. Like The game sold 4 million copies in three days. Was that just people who had, first of all, we had the leaks. Everybody lost their shit over that. And since it sold $4 in three days, are you mean to tell me that the people who already decided they weren't going to like it bought it anyway and confirmed that they weren't going to like it? That's kind of weird to me. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so there are the people who first they were upset, SJW trash, female lead, <laughs> all that stuff that carries over from the first game. Uh-huh. Um, the pandering. And then you get into the well, the leaks came out and the stories stories crap, so now that's that's just another reason to hate the game. And you get to this point where it's well, nah, because it sold four million, and so now you got to attack the, who who actually got the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then now there's people like, oh, we'll we'll see how those sales hold up. Uh, yeah. It still hasn't still hasn't outsold the original. It's been three days. The original's been out for seven years. <laughs> Let's get on that. And the original's been on two platforms with a re, with a remaster. Yeah, it's like they find they're they're just searching for any type of little victory to then hold on to and explain why the game is still crap <laughs> because they're they decided looking, it was crap before it was going to come out. They're looking for the goalposts that the game can't throw the pass to. Yeah. It would be like, like Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, but he threw an interception in the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, yeah but he still won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's not the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah. <laughs> but he keeps winning Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Like something's not hanging up here. Well, he's just a system quarterback. He's like, yeah, but he's got six Super Bowls in that system. Yeah. Like in a row. <laughs> if something works 100% of the time, you can't say it doesn't work. Yeah, That's not it. how it works. Yeah. Well, well, by my standards and definition, that means he is not the greatest. Yeah. He doesn't have all the attributes necessary. Yeah. Next troll says, Neil Cuckman did the worst game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's a good one. <laughs> and to Neil Druckmann, to Naughty Dog, we don't mean anything by this. <laughs> it's just a segment. <laughs> None of the opinions of the trolls you hear on Troll of the Week are a reflection of the thoughts and views expressed by control issues themselves, made up of the AMC, A dub, E single, the Theo, Killer, <laughs> Marissa. <laughs> Oh man. Next troll says the story is a mess. I will rate it zero to punish Naughty Dog for writing the worst scenario of the century. It could have been done better, but they destroyed what Last of Us is about. Part two has no identity. Man, I'm angry. So if we were if we were to throw out all the gameplay, all the advancements and the crafting system and all that good stuff, all the additions, if you were just looking at the story A-Dub, where, where do you stand right now um, as far as your experience goes story-wise? Well, I mean, I already predicted a couple of things that could happen, one of them being the most significant. Uh, everything else that is happening seems completely plausible and within the bounds of what's going on. There's nothing outrageous. I haven't seen a flying talking elephant yet. So, so far they're firing on all cylinders as far as the story goes. Everyone I encounter is well-written and well-performed. The environmental storytelling itself paints a picture of just order springing up and dissent brewing and chaos reigning. So I'm just seeing a lot of a lot of themes. I'm seeing just a lot of realism. I'm seeing a lot of moral ambiguity, which is exactly what The Last of Us is about. And overall, I think they're doing an excellent job. Like if I saw this just as a television series, 
I'd be there every week on the edge of my seat. So looking forward to the last of a series that HBO is producing. And yeah. Yeah. It's like that. I can't attribute like the quote to anybody in particular, but that idea of, you don't want to be something that everybody likes. You want something that either people absolutely love you or absolutely hate you. And that seems to be what they go for, especially with last of us too. It's let's make our game. And so the people who love it are going to just uh, hold this game in high regard. And then the people who do what they do, they're going to find their thing and they're going to hate it, but they're going to talk about it. They're not going to just try to forget about it. It's going to be stuck in their head, even if they hate it. It's going to be something that they hate that's stuck in their head. Absolutely. I mean, Neil Druckmann said as such, and people gave him shit for it, where he was like, you know, half the people are going to hate, are going to love this game. The other half are probably going to be very angry. And Honestly, it, and like that's what he wanted. It makes sense. If you speak to creatives, if you speak to artists, you understand that the worst thing, the worst response that a creative person can get to their artwork is just apathy, no reaction at all. It means that they didn't reach the viewer. It means that they didn't trigger some kind of emotion. They didn't move something within you. It doesn't matter if you like something or you dislike something. There's a reason for that. And that reason is what's important to the creator because it means that they touch something and move something in you. So if you're hating on it, if you're hating it, you're just playing right into his hands, baby. Next troll says, really love the story of the first game. This story sucks. If you play The Last of Us for anything but the story as a major role, you aren't a real fan. So this is one of my favorite kinds of trolls, the ones who lead off with a bold claim, then justify their claim by making an even bolder claim about the item that they're criticizing itself, and then further reinforce their bold claims by saying you, by just diminishing and devaluing whatever input you could offer if you don't think a certain way. So it's, it's multifaceted. It's a, it's an onion-layered defense system, a shell, you would say, to protect the snowflake from melting. See now, next troll says, it's a piece of shit for anybody who played The Last of Us Part 1. Shame on Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann. It's like this game is just casting a shadow all over the first game. It's something that I, I wanted to bring to the attention of the listeners out there, especially when it comes to rating sequels against their original, is that the thing that sequels don't have the benefit of is being the first of something. A sequel has the huge disadvantage of always being after something else. So nothing can ever match what the first thing did in your mind because it was the first. It introduced you to something new. It took you on a journey that you never experienced before and it took you somewhere you never thought you could go. When the sequel comes out, you've already been in the universe. You already have an idea of where it can take you. You already have an idea of where you can go. And because you have those preconceived ideas, if it doesn't play out exactly the way that you expect it to based on your preconceived notions of what you know about the source material, then you're going to look at it more harshly than you would if it was the beginning of something rather than a follow-up. Next troll and last troll says, oh my God, I'm so in love with the first game. 
And what the hell is this? Fuck you, Sony. Fuck you, you <laughs> truck man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, honestly, I'm starting to think that the people who claim that they love the first game and that the second game is somehow terrible or worse by comparison really didn't love the first game at all or really didn't understand the first game. Or, man, even to a lesser extent, maybe they just don't understand the things that made the first game great as well as they think they did. So don't get me wrong. I don't want to diminish or discredit anybody's opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But some of y'all are just plain wrong, and you need to be told you're wrong because ain't nobody got time for that shit. Yeah, I kind of like Neil Druckmann slowly becoming that guy. Um, you know, like whenever there's a head, I guess, developer or head writer on a game, they, if that person's name somehow gets bigger than the game, or at least is with an eye shot of like the game itself, people start attacking that person. So it's almost like it's not even about the game. It's about going after Neil or going after, was it like Molyneux or Phil yeah. Fish or whoever? Like, it's, yeah. it, like all these people that you can name. It's people will hate <laughs> Todd Howard. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and a lot of times the games aren't necessarily bad, but because there's a name attached to it, a Kojima, then it's like, well, nah, he's not real. He, like, yeah. he thinks of himself as an artist, but I'll he's tell you pretentious. what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like this thing, like you got to tear down the person. And the only way you can tear down the person is by attacking their product. Yeah. So it's like almost like that becomes a part of it as well when it comes to all this hate lobbied at the last of us too your product not good so you not good yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like it so it must not be good exactly uh i'm speaking of rolling into the next topic of the week uh, topic of the week so there was a um, a tweet storm coming from mitch dyer and to set this all up um ign well actually no just to set this all up really it's uh there's kind of a um a throwback, if you will, just because so much has happened uh, in, in this past year. But uh, there are some Me Too um, storylines that uh, popped up oh, this week. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and usually like that, when you think of Me Too, it's the uh, the initial, I guess, like kickoff point, which has to do with like sexual misconduct. But um, this is this story that we're going to focus on right now actually has to do with the uh, abuse of power. And so um, this one actually directed at IGN. Uh, this one coming from Mitch Dyer, but also other former writers at IGN, um, just talking about the toxic workplace environment, um, namely coming from the head editors at that time. So uh, let me just read this story. This is all set up by PlayStation Lifestyle. So in 2014, months after the reveal of Uncharted 4, this is the connection, series creator Amy Henning exited the project and Naughty Dog. Soon after, The Last of Us co-creators Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley took over as Uncharted 4's leads. To this day, the circumstances surrounding Henning's departure remain private. This didn't stop speculation at the time, however. After Henning's exit and IGN's report claimed she'd been forced out, Druckmann and Straley were reportedly responsible. The studio debunked the allegations, but Mitch Dyer, the ex-IGN writer credited with pinning the article, has confirmed such a tale served as nothing short of, in quotes, forced gossip by former editors. Continuing, 
Dyer took to Twitter earlier today to write a thread about alleged emotional terror. <laughs> he experienced emotional terror. <laughs> wow. He experienced at the hands of two ex-IGN editors, Tal Blevins and Steve Butts. In the middle of the thread, Dyer explained that his hitting Naughty Dog story from 2014 featured force, force gossip inserted by Blevins and Butts, alluding to a hostile takeover by Druckmann and Straley. While Dyer asked that his name be removed from the article's byline, both editors refused. Inevitably, Naughty Dog and Sony denounced the report, resulting in Dyer receiving blowback. Neither Blevins nor Butts stepped in on the writer's behalf. And this concluding the story. In a follow-up tweet, Dyer apologized to Druckmann and Straley, both of whom have since responded to his posts. I looked at those. They were just saying, yeah, man, we get it. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Dyer, who's now a writer at EA Motive on Star Wars Battlefront 2 and Star Wars Squadrons campaigns, pinned this pinned his thread in solidarity with other current and former IGN workers who have come forward in recent days to share stories of the emotional abuse they allegedly experienced under the tenure of Blevins and Butts. So I bring that up because um, we just did Troll of the Week. And, you know, a lot of times we, we, we go at the community, we go at the haters. And uh, we also have to also, we, we also have to go at, you know, some of the media sites as well, IGN, because a lot of times they're a lot of the fuel that um, the trolls will take come from stories that are pushed by these websites. And I, I, I don't know, I've brought up in the past how a lot of times the, uh, the sites will stir the pot when it comes to a lot of this toxicity. And you'll see this when, especially like during a slow news week or whatever. And I mean, the big ones for me, come with destiny Two, as uh, i pointed out i won't mention the sites but you would go on and you would see an article that would say where to meet zur or how to play this strike and then right under that article would then be another article like just writing why destiny 2 sucks and why you shouldn't yeah. play destiny 2 <laughs> and you see this why do i keep playing destiny a 15 minute dissertation yeah, exactly. And then you'll see games like Anthem as well, Division. You, you can see the connection of these these style of games. Um, mm -hmm. They'll have updates, and then you'll see kind of a breakdown of, hey, come and watch us play through this uh, this new content release. But then like under that, you'll see an article that, should say, that will say why you shouldn't return to this game due to a lack of single-player content. Oh, I played through it in two hours. Thus, no reason for you to return to this game. Um, and it's a lot of times it's not um, it's not even painting the the entire picture because when there's these content releases, a lot of times it's about the uh, end game content that is for the players that will continue to play it, not the single player content. Um, but they're obviously pushing a narrative one that uh, these live service games aren't made for single player, and also pushing that other narrative, that bigger narrative that. RIP single player. Um, and so they'll stir that pot and thus kick up some more negativity and toxicity. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those stories that I felt like needed to be covered, especially connected to The Last of Us, because there is a lot of hate that gets lobbied at um, Naughty Dog and, as we said, with Neil Druckmann. And 
some will come from maybe within and those stories you have to take into account because there might be a toxic workplace environment. But then there are stories obviously that aren't based on anything factual that would then be used to, I guess, stir the pot in getting people upset at this developer. And then we'll just continue to then add into why you shouldn't support this developer, why you shouldn't get behind their games. Um, and when it comes from a place of, um, I guess, lacking facts, uh, just straight out lies, it's, I don't know, it's um, a bigger indictment of the industry as a whole and their contributions to a lot of the problems that exist when you jump into these communities. Um, I mean, it's, that, it's that thing that I always warn you guys about. It's the controversy for profit kind of model where it doesn't matter if the thing is necessarily true, just put it out there and get people talking. And then there's the traffic, there's the clicks. And just on a side note, I also find it kind of interesting thinking about the whole course of events. Do you think that maybe Naughty Dog is getting as much hate now for its most recent games as it's been receiving, be partly because of the whole Amy Hennig thing and how people were just so bent out of shape about that? I, I could you could definitely see the direct connection if they were if they don't like the way the story is going in say The Last of Us Two or Uncharted or The Thief's End, and then you can just point right to the fact that Amy Henning isn't around. And so you could say, well, this is why the story is bad. And then you throw on top of that, well, Neil and Bruce tried to force her out. And so you make these guys who are now writing the current stories evil, and it's just all adds to why you can disagree with the story or why you can argue that the story is bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's definitely a direct connection between this trumped up um, gossip and then the way people feel about the current games and the, and the route that they're going with them. Yeah. It's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, moving forward, um, there is also some more news and the next topic of the week Top topic of the week. This coming we, from Avengers, A-Dub? Oh, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was going to go into not Avengers. Oh, okay, yeah. What, what do you got but there? I mean, no, there, was, there was some Avengers news. Uh, we got a... I, I don't know who's going to take this information and process it properly, but we got confirmation from Square Enix that when the next-gen consoles roll around, our Xbox Series Xs and PlayStation 5s, that Avengers will be receiving a free upgrade, much in the same fashion as Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, so as we discussed, um, you buy one disc, and you get the best version of that game. This is what this confirms. So if you buy Avengers on PS4 and say you get a PlayStation 5 later, you can use that disc to play on PlayStation 5 and get the PlayStation 5 version of the game. So you're not having to buy two versions or two copies of the game. There it is. Um, here's, uh, I just that's, some that's more. That's the way it should be. Like you, you get your license and you play it on whatever platform that you're currently playing on. Yeah, and it, it kind of like lends um, to the idea, I guess, like the new model where you're not going to be locked away, at least from generation to generation. Eventually, we, we, we'll, they're just going to stop making games for PlayStation 4, and so you'll have to buy the PlayStation 5, I guess, just version of that game. But as of right now, it does seem that if you buy a console, you buy a PlayStation 4, 
they'll have the in-between console and then they'll have the big upgrade and then you'll get to utilize a lot of those um those perks and actually i have a couple of those laid out for you so just on top of that they said in addition playstation 5 gamers can play marvel avengers online with ps4 gamers gamers so anyone can upgrade at any time and continue playing with friends on both platforms so cross-gen play which is awesome uh marvel avengers will offer an enhanced graphics mode on ps5 at other times, we want most fluid gameplay experience possible. For that, Marvel's Avengers will offer a high frame rate mode on PS5, which targets 60 frames per second and a dynamic 4K resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, further, of how to take advantage of the P PlayStation 5, the GPU and CPU improvements on PS5 are exciting, but even more exciting is the introduction of an ultra high speed SSD solid state drive with lightning fast load load speeds. This is a transformative improvement in consoles and that uh, will reduce load times down to one or two seconds and enable real-time streaming of massive worlds at ridiculously fast speeds. Mm -hmm. While op when optimization is complete, loading content will be nearly instant, allowing players to seamlessly jump into missions anywhere in the game world. Uh, and as Iron Man flies through content-rich levels, higher-resolution textures and mesh will stream in instantly, maintaining the highest possible quality all the way to the horizon. So with that, yeah, you'll get you'll get your PlayStation 4 version if you want to get it on the PS4, but just note that um, you'll get a better, I guess, higher quality experience if you get it on the playstation 5 so that's um i like that because you still get the experience of the game no matter what but you're definitely if you want the best quality version then you'll get the the higher res which is going to be on the ps5 so i like that i like this kind of move because it puts back into the proper perspective the true relationship that we have as consumers to these products and to these companies just because the thing comes in a box and is on a piece of plastic doesn't mean you own it. You have a license to run it. And for a long time, the only way they could get it in your hands was to put it on a piece of plastic that you thought you own. But you don't own it. You don't own anything. You have a license. So with these kinds of moves, by giving us the, the best version of the game, no matter what platform we're playing on, it reinforces the reality that we own a license to access this game so no version of it should be closed off to us and yeah i think that's dope so you can change your hardware as much as you like you're still going to have your game you're not going to have to buy another version yeah go digital yeah so it just continues to seem more and more consumer friendly friendly all around when it comes to playstation and xbox now hopefully avengers is a, a must-have kind of game it looks pretty good. Apparently, there's somewhere between 10 to 12 hours of story content with about another 30 hours of in-game content. There's going to be loot to hunt for that changes your character's appearance. Apparently, you can modify your, your abilities and your attributes without making significant changes to your overall look. So if you happen to like one of the physical appearances of the characters, you can still adjust yourself without changing that look. So yeah. Um, good stuff going on there. Yeah. I saw like somebody, uh, I think it was a uh, venture beat and they said, if you're thinking about Avengers, uh, a game to compare it with, it's going to be less Spider-Man and, um, 
I believe they said more, they said more ultimate Alliance, but then as you read the article, they, they said even more Diablo. And I like that. Oh. What I, 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 when I was seeing all the support abilities and, and buffs and things along those lines, that's where I started to get more interest. Cause um, it even like reminded me of, yeah, like uh, division and those style of games where you have, you can play it single player, but, there's this whole aspect of when you play like with a homie, like just hops right into the game, you'll then be able to boost each other and play off of each other even more. So, so it's, um, it can be enjoyed as a single player experience, but there's going to be a whole multiplayer aspect that I think that will just contribute to the, uh, the overall experience. So yeah, this game continues to, I think, grow as I learn more about it um, as far as in my interest towards the game. (laughs) Yeah, looking forward to see how it pans out. Yeah. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. We got some cyberpunk news, AMC. Mm. After a, a short delay, you know, given the way things have been going in the United States, CD Projekt Red has finally come back with their Night City Wire event where they've gone in-depth about the systems and the features of cyberpunk 2077 they've also made some other surprise announcements that we weren't quite ready for but we're glad have happened i'll start with that first what you should know is that cyberpunk 2077 is getting its own anime series on netflix nice so this anime series is being put together in japan cd project red has a studio that they started up out there and yeah it looks to it looks to tell a different story set within the cyberpunk 2077 universe in a different location. So we'll be able to see a different perspective of that cyberpunk world when it comes to our streaming services on Netflix sometime in the future. In the Night City Wire itself, we got some additional information about some of the systems and things we'll be enjoying in the game. The most notable was the introduction of what they refer to as brain dance. So brain dance is this mechanic in the game where you're able to explore the memories of some of the characters that you come across via modules that are implanted in their brains that are recovered in the event of their untimely demise or by other means. Within Brain Dance, what you're going to be able to do is not only are you going to be able to experience a memory from the perspective of the person that owns the memory, but you're also going to be able to look at the world around them and see things that they didn't themselves see. So maybe they caught somebody's face out of the corner of their eye or caught a TV screen, or maybe there was a camera that was filming something that was broadcasting it on a closed circuit television that's in his view that you can then jump to and hack into and, and look at. Uh, you can check for heat signatures. You can look for all kinds of little things that are in the environment itself. You can analyze other people within the environment to see who they are, what their backstory is, what their possible involvement in the situation that's playing out might be. Uh, One scenario that they rolled us through involved a guy who was, he had gotten hired to go in and rob a store. So he's out talking to the guy who gave him a job. He's handed a weapon. The, The demo or pauses is like, hey, check out that weapon, see what it is. And, you know, you highlight it 
you look at it, you change the camera angle, you figure out what the gun is, what's going on with that. They go in, they go to the register, they knock somebody over, they demand the money, they take the stuff, they're running out of the store, and then suddenly they get shot in the head and they're dead. So it's like, okay, you've experienced all that in the first person. So now you take yourself out of the character and you're watching the scene unfold from like kind of a, an outer body experience. You see the guy at the register, you see him knock over the other person, you're analyzing signatures, you're looking at other information that you could possibly discern. Then on the way out, you see that somebody comes out of the shadows and shoots the character in the back of the head. So now the idea is, who's that guy? How do I get an ID on that guy? So you go back in the brain dance, you're fast forwarding, you're rewinding, you're looking for different kinds of information, you're looking for heat signatures. Eventually you notice that there was a camera on the door that caught a good look at the guy. You go to a screen, you bring that up, there's the face, now you know who you're after. So brain dance is going to be an integral element of the cyberpunk experience. It's a program that was developed at, I believe, UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. Brain dance was created at UC Santa Cruz, go banana slugs, as a therapy method. And it's being used in cyberpunk as a gameplay element to help give us greater immersion and another layer of gameplay by which we can really sink into the shoes of being an investigator and trying to unravel these mysteries. So within the game itself, what makes Braindance so valuable is that there's a market for certain memories where people die because that experiencing that in Braindance gives people a rush. So there's this whole illicit market for memories of dead people. Uh, first, you know, it was a therapy method, then it was used for carnal thrills, and then it was used to find what they call flatliners, which are those memories of people in the moment of their death. There are negative side effects, such as flatlining, where someone can die while brain dancing. CD Projekt Red says brain dance will be an important storytelling device in exploring the world. Uh, we were also introduced to another one of the game's gangs known as the Mocks. Uh, they're one of the gangs we will encounter and we'll craft a unique relationship with them. It was pretty vague in what that meant. We got to explore the Badlands, which are the ruined and undeveloped regions outside of Night City. Uh, there's a guy putting a car together. We could push him out the way. We could put the car together. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So, you know, people who were previewing the game got to play about four hours of it. And one of the consistent reports about those playthroughs was that nobody's playthrough is going to be the same. With Cyberpunk, of course, you create your own backstory, but at the same token, you have all these NPCs, all these stories, all these missions that are overlapping and intersecting with one another that you're not going to make the same decisions or perform the same actions as somebody else because there are so many different interests involved that, you know, it can just go this completely different way. So Cyberpunk is going to be one of those games where the replay value is in making different decisions, taking different routes that you otherwise wouldn't have, and crafting a different backstory for yourself, whether you're going to be some 
corporate fat cat sitting in an apartment or you're going to be from the streets or you're going to be a nomad from the badlands it's all up to you so looking forward to cyberpunk as you know it got delayed again it got pushed back to november 19th however it's still coming it hasn't been canceled keep the faith amc how do you feel about what we were revealed man it's um everything that i didn't I didn't expect, but now that I want in cyberpunk, um, and that's like, I think that's the goal of like, that's the goal of any developer, any creator is don't give the people what they want, give them something that they didn't think that they wanted and now they want. And with that, um, yeah, it's like a whole new way of investigating in video games. Cause for the most part, investigating in video games was, um, go into that, go into that mode invest investigation mode which most games ended up um taking on and then you just kind of see evidence around and you click on it and a, a thing happens and blah, blah blah but this idea that you could go into somebody's memories and then do some investigating in there to f- maybe find some clues it's very uh cyberpunk which makes it its own very unique thing which is cool and i want to see how that all plays out um, yeah and you're not you're not going in there and they're like it's not you highlight something and oh the mystery solved or the whole thing's written on the wall it's like you actually have to go in there and scrub this memory and look at it from different angles and find different things you have to look at the situation in a manner in a different manner than the person who was in it at the time you have to see things that they didn't see you have to investigate and glean information that wasn't apparent at the time of the memory so yeah it's 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 as if they took detective mode and turned it into a game itself yeah and it's one of those things too just like stepping out outside of it a little bit um where people talk about pacing in games and something like this that you just talked about, especially if you could, if it ends up being somewhat time consuming, you could see this is built for the enthusiast. This isn't built for the casual gamer or the casual fan of um, what is it, like cyberpunk um, genre. And so, uh, yeah, like uh, I could see people complaining like, oh, the pacing of the game, blah, blah, blah. But other people who are like, this is the shit. Like I love, like I want to collect all these memories and just, like go through all of them and just really investigate and just look at every scene scene by scene and from every angle possible like those are things that are going to be for the more hardcore audience and i like that they are definitely trying to appeal to that group and not just the casual fan mm-hmm. it's outstanding yeah i um the more i hear about this game one it makes total sense why they had to delay this um or why they would want to delay this to make sure that everything is all their their t's across and their eyes are dotted and all that good stuff um and then just they want to make sure that this is the best experience possible they, they don't want people to jump in there make some decision and these series of decisions in, ends up in a way where you've somehow broken the game yeah. um I mean, they're definitely putting in the work. They added a character called Adam Smasher, which is like a completely cybernetic character that people may know from the cyberpunk uh, tabletop RPG. Uh, When it comes to the anime, it's something they said has been in the works for quite some time. So this isn't something that's brand new. It's just you're finding out about it now. Uh, Further, we know now that Akira Yamaokoa is the former composer of the Silent Hill series is working on the music for the anime. So if you want some Silent Hill vibes, you know where to go. 
Yeah, we're just getting a lot of new information. They're talking about river docks. Of course, we know those are the ones that modify your character's body, giving you new eyeballs and new arms, whatever you need to survive out in the cyberpunk world. We found out that the player is going to be working with another character by the name of Jackie, looking for a legendary chip of immortality. So who knows? I, I want to get that chip, live forever. Just put me on the internet. <laughs> Trolling for life. <laughs> yeah, get put into that singularity. Yeah. Us come back as a Tachikoma. <laughs> exactly. Just randomly upload myself in a random machine. <laughs> See what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm liking the creativity behind this game because it's, it seems like they're allowing you to experience the way you want to and without a lot of the the walls in place when you play a lot of these like rpgs and not to really knock them but it'll be you'll get to a certain thing and it'll be like you're not a high enough level or you don't have enough speech or you don't have enough money blah blah blah. but it seems like in this game even if you hit those those blocks you can still push through it's just it might play out a little differently because Mm -hmm. you might not be at the level that you need to be so i i do like that you're never really stopped and forced to like all right now go and search the world a little bit more and come back it's you have that option or you can just fuck it i'm gonna just bum rush this and see how this plays out so it's, it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah running from a to b isn't just gonna be some standard open world affair where it's just like all right i'm gonna drive for a couple minutes and then get some dialogue and drive back for a couple minutes and then pick up a thing there's there's gonna be stuff going on you're gonna have missions open that overlap and intersect you're going to be able to approach things in your own order of operations and there's going to be all kinds of distractions all over night city which looks glorious especially at night so if you guys haven't checked out the night city wire i highly recommend you do so because a dub is hyped than a mug right now that that sister night city (laughs) (laughs) get that watchman mod yeah uh, you got, oh yeah. Um, you got anything else on Cyberpunk, A Dub? I ain't got nothing. Yeah, we have, this is a full episode. So, um, we'll make this one quick. Uh, we got word that Ghost of Tsushima has now gone gold. Woo! So that, that shit is done. So we can look forward to that. I believe like July 19th, somewhere around that time. Oh yeah. Trying to have the last of us two done by then. Put that on the back burner till we get those PS five upgrades. Give me some Ghost of Tsushima in my life after this five week figure drawing workshop. Yeah. About to tear it up. Yeah. When I, when I thought I beat Octopath, I was, I was getting ready to text you to say, Bring on Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> but, but now you want to get that real ending. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm, I'm trying to get that real ending. But I'll definitely have it beat by then. And I can't wait because Ghost of Tsushima is all I've been thinking about. Uh, you got anything almost else? There. I saw a couple of clips of Ghost of Tsushima that aren't official. And man, I wish I hadn't seen them. <laughs> Oh yeah, in a good way, right? Oh, in a fantastic way. Yeah, Com- the combat's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's wait. It's not just one button, and then a guy's dead, and then you hit another button, and that guy's dead. Nah, you're changing stances to accommodate different kinds of enemies and different kinds of fighting styles, and it's it's like, dude, you will get cut up if you're not careful. However, if you're on your game, you will just be demolishing everything in front of you. And that's without even getting into the, the single hit mechanic. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> uh, if, if, 
if I had any worries about what the combat might possibly be like before I saw those clips, I have no worries now. Oh, amazing. That's, yeah. that's what I like to hear. <laughs> but, but I don't worry about nothing. Nah, we ain't got no problems. Um, A-Dub, you got anything else before we get out of here? I felt like I did, and now I don't remember. Do you want to talk about Pokemon Unite? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Damn, I can't remember. So I guess it's not really that important. Yeah. yeah. We did hit a lot this week. Um, a lot of Last of Us stuff and then a lot of PlayStation, which is par for the course. But yeah. PlayStation just <laughs> swinging for the fences with every new bit of information. So pay attention. I mean, we still have the summer of gaming going on. And all kinds of gaming information is coming out every week. If you're not, keep your eyes peeled. And if you don't, tune in to us. We'll keep you informed. This control issues. I am the AWC. And this is We are control issues. Thanks for coming. Sucker. Sucker.